Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. I began to gauge my worthiness on connection. I'm going to show up to this community event. I'm going to show up just as I am, not when I lose 10 pounds, not when I go to therapy, not when I get that other degree that I've been working on. I'm just going to show up right now in the body that I'm in, and I'm going to share the gifts that God has given me. You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect podcast. You know, living in an age of information and the overload of information starts to really take a toll on us, even if we don't realize that it's happening. It starts to take a toll on us, and it can really affect our personal well-being. And what happens is it it creates depletion, exhaustion, impatience, and honestly, it can bring out versions of ourselves that we are not very proud of. And usually what this means is that our heart needs a reset. But how do we find the reset button. Well, my friend Rachel says that we start by tapping into what delights our heart and brings peace to our soul. Rachel Macy Stafford is a New York Times bestselling author of five books, including her newest book, Soul Shift, The Weary Human's Guide to Getting Unstuck and Reclaiming Your Path to Joy. Rachel invites us to embrace life and cultivate connection despite the distractions around us. Welcome to the No More Perfect podcast, Rachel. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Ah, so good to have you. And, you know, I was trying to remember how long ago did we meet? Like, when did your first book come out? 2014. Okay, so 2014, your first book, which was called Hands-Free Mama. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And that is really what you've built your entire message around was the hands-free mama. So we must have met maybe a couple of years before that. I, I think we did because, yeah. um, and thankfully for you, you connected me with uh, my literary agent, Sandra, because you, I think you had read something that I had I written so. and you said, Sandra, this you should reach out to her. And it was such a blessing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You're right. I want to say, maybe I quoted you in one of my books. 
I think that's what happened. You did. I remember that now. And that's why I reached out to you because Mm -hmm. I would read your posts on Facebook and, Mm -hmm. um, uh, or on your blog or something. And I just, I loved them. I always love them. You are such, you know what I love about you, Rachel, is that you bring words to things that I feel. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know that I feel them until I read your writing. (laughs) Wow. That's so awesome. Thank you. And you you do. You really are so good at putting your finger on things. And so, you know, one of the things Mark and I talk a lot about in our marriage ministry is that um, I am... So we talk about attachment styles, and I don't know how much you're familiar with attachment styles, but my attachment style was the avoider attachment style. And Mm -hmm. avoiders have this tendency to, I mean, they think logically, they really keep emotion at bay um, because it feels too vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so that used to be me. I say that was Jill 1.0. Jill (laughs) 2.0 is a recovering avoider. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's why I like your writing is because you really help me to connect emotionally to things that I might feel, but I don't have words for. Mm -hmm. So share just a little bit about your journey of kind of launching hands-free mama and that message and how it started. Mm-hmm. Well, so I have a background in special education and what happened was I took a hiatus from teaching to kind of raise my daughters who were around four and seven at the time. And I'm someone who just really feels like her worth comes from productivity and what she has to show for herself. And so I wasn't teaching. So I thought, well, I've got to do all the things, you know, I've got to be involved. I've got to head up committees. I've got to take classes. And I just kept piling on more and more things till I just felt completely like just overwhelmed and and joyless and just every day i was living for the wrong things and there were a couple of warning signs that you know in my body in my relationship with scott in my children's faces that i just kept pushing away even though i could see i'm creating pain by the way i'm existing not just in myself, but in my relationship, in the things that matter most. And so what happened was I had gone out for a run one morning and I was thinking about this question that I got a lot from people in the community, things that I was involved in. And they kept saying, how do you do it all, Rachel? And for me, it was like, oh, what a compliment, you know, they, they think I'm handling all of this. And I thought, you know what, if you were to answer that, honestly, what would be the true answer to how do you do it all? And I, for the first time in a very long time, I was honest with myself. I said, I can do it all because I miss out on life. I miss out on 
the laughing, the playing, the the memory making. I miss the things that matter. That's how I can do it all. And I'm missing. I'm missing my daughter's lives. I'm missing a, a, a close relationship with my partner. I'm I'm missing out on even my own dreams and what God has planned for my life. I'm I'm missing it because I'm just doing what I think is expected of me or what I think looks like the the way that I'm supposed to be living. And so that epiphany, which was kind of a breakdown really, was the beginning of listening more to these internal nudges that that say, this isn't how I want to show up. And it led to me listening a few hours later when I just felt this nudge to go join my daughter on the couch instead of doing all the things that I had, you know, planned for the day. And she kissed my palm. Mm. And that was, to me, that was such a divine confirmation that when you let go of what doesn't matter, you grasp what really does matter. And it was a 30-second exchange, but I had to let go of what didn't matter to experience that. Right. And as a special education teacher, I thought, maybe it's not this grand overhaul of my life and and just letting go of all these expectations and and demands and responsibilities because you know we can't just stop doing what people are counting on us to do but we can begin to create these pockets within our day where we say i'm pushing away all of these distractions to show up in this moment fully. Mm-hmm. And that's that was my building block was a 10 minute increment each day of pushing all of it away to experience really that true peace that you cannot find when you're going 120 miles per hour. And that's where it started. That's that's how the term hands-free mama came and then it became a you know a term. I'm going hands-free. I would tell my family, this is a hands-free time. And, you know, they were little. And so they, they'd love nothing more than to know I'm here. I am all here with you. What do you want to do? And even my husband loved it when I said, I'm going hands-free. I've got 20 minutes. What do you want to do? And he's like, yes. You know, so, <laughs> so, you know, who doesn't want to hear? I have time. Let's mm-hmm. spend it together. And then eventually it became, Rachel, let's spend time with you. Let's spend time with your heart and your and your dreams and your delights. You know, and that's really then how it began to go into this direction of soul shifting because I started being present with myself. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. And we really can't even honestly, we can't begin to hear our own voice or the voice of God mm-hmm. unless we like slow things down and become fully present. And so what a gift that is to ourselves, but it's a gift also to those around us because we become more fully who we are. Exactly. 
Yes. I love that. That is so, so powerful. So why do you think that we tend to neglect the things that matter to us and the things that actually make us feel alive? Mm -hmm. Well, I've thought about that a lot. And I do think because of the culture that we live in, where you have to have something to show for your time. What have you achieved today? What can you check off? Like those are all really tangible things. And that's how people, we derive our worth from these tangible achievements and the things that matter, connection, laughter, joy, memory making, um, even rest. You don't have anything to show for that. Now, not necessarily concretely, but mm-hmm. you have it, you know, in your relationship and it builds. And so then you think, well, what do I want my relationship to look like even in five years? Like for me, thinking about my daughter, Natalie, going across the stage at high school, when she, so at 10, 11, I was trying to figure out, okay, this is the goal. The goal is I want to know her. I want to know my child. So what do I need to do today in order to build this relationship? And and a lot of the things that I did in those hands-free times were having like our bedtime ritual, just Mm -hmm. tucking her in, talking to her. We got so we would even apologize for things that had happened in the day. And as she got to be a teenager, knowing this was a time to like kind of let down our burdens and say, I'm sorry, I wish I would have done this differently. But in our society, those kind of moments, you don't, you don't see the tangible result of those investing in those until later. Right. And we're such a, immediate, you know, we want immediate feedback. We want, um, you know, there's no such thing as delayed gratification. It's got to be immediate. So that's, we're going against that. When we say, I'm going to invest in these things that I can't see that I'm investing, Mm -hmm. but this is where joy and life and laughter and meaning, Mm -hmm. those are those moments. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're right. They can't be measured in in the short term. They can be measured in the long term. Yes. But we are such a immediate gratification society Mm -hmm. and we don't value delayed gratification. And so, yeah, you said something though, and I want, I want to dig into it for a moment. You said you really wanted to know your daughter. I think that, you know, many of us that are uh, parents today uh, were raised in an environment that we weren't necessarily known Mm. Mm -hmm. because, you know, I would say parents anywhere in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, if you were born in there, particularly that was not. Um, emotional intelligence and connection in relationships 
was not highly valued. Mm-mm. Your your job was to keep your kid alive, make sure mm-hmm. they were educated, they had a good roof over their head. Certainly they had a loving home and a loving family, but but being known was not even a goal that anybody knew about. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I think that this is a this is somewhat of a new concept for many of us. And we're kind of like, I want something different than what I had, but we don't necessarily know what that is and uh, getting to really know our kids. And and that's been a place probably of change for me because I would say I started out being a parent that parented the way my parents parented. Now, even though my kids are adults, and this is what I say to empty nest moms all the time, it's never too late to start doing Mm -hmm. something different. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that I have worked really hard, probably since my kids were teenagers and beyond, to get to really know them. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole different level of connection, isn't it? It really is. And I, I think you raise a really good point because I think we were also raised and 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 kind of fell into the same pattern of I'm the one that has to have the answers. Mm. You know, and I think when you talk about knowing your daughter as an adult, I'm sure that you value her opinion and you you give her credibility and I think that that's part of knowing our children is to to even if they're 10 years old to to listen to what they have to say about who they are because i think a lot of times parents will say well this isn't really what i was hoping for <laughs> you know like i i wanted you to be this and and they may not say that out loud but they prompt them to do certain things to spend time in a certain way and what that feels like is rejection of mm-hmm. who they are. And so in my book, I talk about how I did realize, my, so my second born daughter, Avery, is what I call a noticer. She just goes through life really by the beat of her own drum. Mm-hmm. And she does things a lot slower. You know, I'm all about efficiency and <laughs> about quality. And it really was a thorn in my side the first six years. And I tried so hard to get her to get in line with the program, you know, and I saw, well, what, what it was, was my older daughter said to Avery one day, we were getting out of the car. She said, you are so slow, hurry up. And in that moment, I saw myself. Mm -hmm. I thought, Natalie's just doing what she hears me doing to Avery. Mm -hmm. And I thought, who's to say there's anything wrong with the way that Avery operates in life? In fact, I could probably use a little bit more of what she does to, to enjoy life, to savor moments. And that was an eye opener for me because I thought, I'm squelching the light out of my child. And so back to your point, knowing, and I and I call it to love your child by their book, because every child is different. And so you begin to listen harder 
You begin to lean in when they say, I don't really like this. And you don't say, oh, come on. You know, everybody in our family's done this. You know, swim team was was one thing my poor Mm -hmm. daughter, Avery, had to say, I don't like racing. And she told me for two or three years, and it wasn't until she started to cry. And she said, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, and I can I can think back on a lot of those moments where I thought, why didn't I listen sooner? Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's not too late Mm-mm. to start deciding, okay, I I can listen now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And you know, it's so interesting. You were sharing your story there about your daughter's pace of life. And that's the difference between my husband and I. Mm. And he just runs at a slower pace. He talks slower. Mm-hmm. He thinks slower. Mm-hmm. I'm about efficiency and accuracy and all of that. And I'll tell you what, Rachel, one time we were speaking because we do a lot of speaking together and we were speaking together at a marriage conference and we always... um allow the audience to give us feedback. Uh, We just, you know, pass out like some um, feedback pages and then we read them. And one of them called me on it. They called me on it. They said, Jill, some people appreciate Mark's pace of communication and they even receive it well and maybe better than a faster pace of communication. Like they could tell that I was irritated with him. Wow. In the present. I mean, I needed to be called on that. I needed to be called on that. It was absolutely appropriate. And I was so glad. And that has, that was for me, one of those defining moments mm-hmm. where I made a shift a super important shift of instead of being exasperated by his different and slower pace, I began to value it and I began to allow for it. And I have to commend you because accepting that feedback. Not easy, is it? That's not absolutely. And those are the kind of uncomfortable feelings that I write about in Soul Shift that we have the tendency to push away because Mm -hmm. you could have easily dismissed that to say, well, that's just, that was just their opinion, right? You you took it to heart. And, And in fact, it probably echoed something that you were feeling already inside, right? You know? Right. But I, but again, maybe hadn't been able to put words to, and they kind of put words to it. And so, um, yeah, it brought about conviction and that's Mm -hmm. healthy. We want conviction. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, you know, I didn't, I mean, sometimes those things can be pointed out to us and we immediately go to condemnation. Like, oh, I'm a bad person. It was like, no, I needed to, I needed to think about that differently. So, yeah. And and that's really beautiful that you've pointed that out. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with you, that you've been, you know, doing it wrong. It's just you you looked at it like, okay, there are different ways to approach this and and to to respect the the learners in the in the room that do go slower. It's it's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So, all right. So soul shift, you've been on a journey of shifting, looking for what brings you joy, being aware of it. Um, and you talk in the book soul shift about, um, eight practices that you, um, identify. And so we don't obviously don't have time to talk about all eight, but can you just talk about uh, some of the practices that you have particularly cultivated in your soul shift journey and why those are life-changing, why those are important? Mm-hmm. Well, we've already touched on the practice of presence, mm-hmm. which is really kind of where the whole thing started back to the hands-free mama letting go of those, you know, all the distractions. So that was and then really- noticing that's, yeah. I love that noticing, noticing the opportunities for connection and, mm-hmm. and, and, and seizing them. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was the part of the, the listening to when I, when I talked about going to Avery, when she yes. was sitting on the couch and not just saying, no, I gotta, I gotta do this, this, and this, it was like, no, I'm listening, you know, to the, to the gentle, guidance of of my soul and some might say that that's god speaking mm-hmm. and just saying go go toward what matters so yep. that practice of presence is the foundational aspects of the of the soul shift journey but then i would say probably i really want to talk about the practice of true self-worth and mm-hmm. i already touched on the fact that a lot of my worthiness what I felt gave me worth was achievements and Mm -hmm. accolades and the, how do you do it all? And that's when you base your worth on these external variables, you're cutting yourself off from really the core of who you are. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the practice of true self-worth was life-changing because I started to realize what do I value? It's not appearance. It's not how much money someone makes. It's not the status, fortune, fame, the the awards on the wall. So why am I deciding that I'm not valuable unless I check these things off? Mm -hmm. So for me, understanding that I could show up in situations just as I am, not not necessarily prepared or looking a certain way or because I'm qualified, just showing up because I believe everyone has a unique contribution to make. Mm-hmm. So I began to gauge my worthiness on connection. So I might say, I'm going to show up to this, let's say it's a, it's a community event. I'm going to show up just as I am, not when I lose 10 pounds, not when I go to therapy, not when I get that other degree that I've been working on. I'm just going to show up right now in the body that I'm in. And I'm going to share the gifts that God has given me. Mm -hmm. And those moments that I would do, you know, step out of that comfort zone, be, you know, bra- I call it stepping out bravely, boldly, flawed, and full of hope. I would feel a sense of belonging, a sense mm. of worthiness, 
that I did not feel when everything was based on external measures. Right. So self-worth, true self-worth was monumental for me. And then I would say the next one that has changed me so much is the practice of self-kindness or practice of being kind to yourself. I did not realize how critical I was inside myself until I started paying attention to how I was talking to myself. Mm-hmm. And again, it was a painful external clue in my family. It was my daughter's face. A, Natalie, when she was around 10, knocked a an entire bag of rice off the pantry shelf when she was getting a snack. Mm-hmm. And I was about to, you know, blow my top mm-hmm. when I saw the pain on her face. She was terrified of my reaction to her innocent mistake. I could have pushed that away. I could have said, just ignore that. She shouldn't have made that mistake, you know, and hurriedly demanded that she clean it up. But I looked at her face and I thought, she's terrified of making a mistake. And is that how I want her to go through life? Because that's what I do. That's what I did to myself. Yes. Everything had to be perfect. And if it wasn't perfect, it wasn't good enough. And then I wasn't good enough. And I thought, do you really want to pass that on to your children? So learning to be kind to myself, which is really cultivating this voice of self-compassion. Yep. That I never, I just never use that. Like, think about it, Jill, when you were young, did you hear... Be kind to others. Be kind to others. Mm-hmm, right. Did you yes. hear, be kind to yourself? Mm-mm. Did you ever hear that? Neither did I. Mm-mm. So it's it's it goes against our, we almost think, well, I'm being selfish when I'm thinking of myself this way. But if you think about it, what motivates you to keep going? Is it, like you said, is it criticizing yourself or accepting and and being compassionate and understanding that's to me that's what that's what helps us keep going it is oh my goodness i so understand that and it makes me think of the bible verse um love one another as you love yourself Mm. you know and i think we go like it's like we we put the magnifying glass on love one another yeah and it's like we just minimize that as you love yourself we don't know how to do that exactly and i do believe that and and one of your other um practices is letting go of perfection so you just kind of you just Uh kind of uh alluded to that which honestly that really you know that's big for me that's why i wrote no more perfect moms no more perfect kids no more perfect marriages because that's been a part of my journey is I say, I write all my books out of the mistakes I've made. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, letting go of perfection, it was a huge soul shift for me. Absolutely. Because when you do that in the same way, it, it not only changes it for you, but it changes it for those around you. Mm. You become more grace-filled. You become more compassionate. Um, that 
I mean, that's really what it's all about. And so I, I think that, um, that is a super important soul shift to make as well. Oh, absolutely. And just, if you think about it, perfection, it really stifles our creativity as well. Like, Mm. so you want, if you want your family members to feel you know, confident and trying things and taking risks and going where their heart delights. We can't guarantee that everything's going to turn out, but we say, Hey, it's about showing up. And if we don't, if we mess up, we can try again. And, and so for me, for my work, especially letting go of perfection and having to have it right all the time has really helped me flourish. Yeah. Yep. I would agree. But I do believe that um, social media has not done us any favors Mm -mm. in this area of life. (laughs) Oh Oh my goodness. Oh, and so that's why, you know, to this day, I still have, I have a one post that just went viral on both Instagram and Facebook. And it was a picture of Mark and I doing uh, like a webinar online. And all you see is, you know, the computer in front of us and we're on, but then my daughter who snapped the picture, she went farther out and she snapped what the room looked like. And we were utilizing what you can see is this wall behind us. You, you know, we were utilizing the wall for the, the, but the room was our, our grandkids playroom and there were toys everywhere. Like we had had to like, you know, almost trip to get across the floor. And so I, I, you know, I put that out and was like, don't believe everything that you see online. Oh my gosh. It's so perfect. This is reality, you know, Um, but we need more of that. And that's also why I love your writing, Rachel, and what you do post on Instagram and Facebook and your blog and all of that is because you're honest about that stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. we, We need more of it. Well, and, and I found, you know, when I first dabbled in like, okay, I'm going to put this out here, you know, scary, isn't it? The rice, you know, the rice story that that's my viral post because I heard from so many people that said, thank you. Thank you for saying that this is how you reacted. You saw it. And then you decided this isn't how I want to be. And to know that like, you know, I had been working on my hands-free journey for a while and I sure wasn't cured by any means. You know, this is a, this is a constant process that you're working on. And I think the more that we can be honest with each other, the, the more that we can feel like less alone and more hopeful because we can say this like perfectly about all the, your book titles, this isn't about perfection. In fact, that's an obstacle. Mm-hmm. for connection and for growth and for healing. So the more, like you said, the more that we can put it out there, that this is a struggle, that something that we work on every single day, I just think that just creates a pathway for us to yes. walk together and not so alone. Yes, I absolutely agree. Yeah. 
Oh, Rachel, we could talk all afternoon. And so I'm so glad you joined me, but um, we probably need to be bringing things to a close here. So where is the best place for people to find you these days? Um, really the, the website handsfreemama.com is just pretty much where you can find my social media handles. I still write on my blog, the long form essays. I'm, I'll never stop writing the long form essays because that just brings me joy. Um, and then that's where my books, you know, you can find links to all my books and my course. I have a, a soul shift course that I run probably once or twice a year. So. Oh, I love that. I didn't realize you had a course. Mm -hmm. I do. Well, we will make sure that uh, we include um, all the links to your website, to the book, all of that. Even uh, we'll make sure that there's a link to your Soul Shift course in the Mm -hmm. show notes. For those of you that are listening, uh, like I, you know, I said earlier, I followed Rachel for years. She always blesses me. um, And so I do encourage you to uh, go out there, follow, if you're on social media, follow her um, and, um, and pick up uh, Soul Shift because I think it will begin. Uh, it's made me think deeper. That's what it's done. Mm-hmm. It's made me think deeper. And I'm so very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, so, Jill. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'd love to close us in prayer today. And um, so let me just uh, close us out. Father, we're just so grateful for this conversation that Rachel and I have had. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to just explore this. And Lord, really one of the most important shifts in our souls needs to be connecting with you and how you've created us and your word and your truth and what you say about us, um, because that's where our true identity comes. And so we pray, Father, that you would guide, lead, and direct each person that's listening today to the next right step in their journey to shift their soul and uh, reconnect to not only you, but to who you've created them to be, to increase their joy and to get unstuck. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free ebooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.